This is Wandering Wanders, two ordinary guys wondering about extraordinary things. I really don't know if like you can get paid real amounts of money. <laughs> uh, it seems oh like gosh. some magazines Livable are like, oh, you get five dollars, uh, but like. If you the thing is if your article gets chosen you could get like five hundred dollars for some mm-hmm. magazines, um, but I don't know how that works. I don't know if they just have committed authors, but I would love to write articles for agricultural magazines. Yeah, I really think you would kill it. Thank I, you. I, and like I was like I could do like agricultural. I don't think you would kill it as a career. For the record, okay, because that's a lot of writing. <laughs> that <laughs> is, I could, but also like. Uh, uh, outdoor magazines like hunting stuff. Well, just get was... on with Steve Ranella. <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> just be like his co-host, you know. <laughs> Man, I'll be like, hey, I noticed your your, your uh, meat eater website is just uh, lacking in articles. How about I help you out there yeah, you for should, a hefty like, fee? You know what meat eater needs? It needs like a co-hunter host. <laughs> they have that every time. <laughs> yeah, honestly. but like they, you need like a consistent. You need someone who's. Uh, not anyone you have right now. <laughs> How do you feel about like philosophical commentary plus comic relief? And, you need you someone know, like, with a master's degree in philosophy. Uh, yeah, That's yeah, yeah, what yeah. you need. There <laughs> and we half go. of a theology. <laughs> <laughs> and some certifications in random theology things. Uh, and we're back, folks. Oh, I'm Joseph. Back. Oh, no, you're not. Darn it. I'm Eli. You almost got I him. almost got him. <laughs> I'm Joseph. And I'm Eli, and this is Wondering Wanders. Wow. That was maybe the best we've ever done with the com- combined Wondering Wanders. I felt, you know, just really felt right. there. Felt, felt right. Felt right. <sighs> it's good. All right, well, you're, you're, you're up. Oh, yes. Um, yeah, I, I get to start with a question, right? Yes, yes. please do. I love it. Uh, <laughs> you know how sometimes, sometimes, mm-hmm. you have these moments where it's like this surreal moment of feeling more like yourself <laughs> than uh, than than normal. Yeah. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I know exactly what you're talking about. Go on. When's the last time you felt like that? Monday morning. Yeah. Monday morning. I, I realized. Uh, oh my gosh! I I haven't really felt like myself in uh, you know like almost a year probably, and I do now. It was awesome. I was literally like caught myself constantly singing in the hallways and like yeah. just bebopping around, giggling, and like in class, I was just constantly making jokes and stuff. And it felt fantastic. And I was like, oh my gosh, wow, look at this. It's so, so good. Um, what? Well, I mean, like, was what was it like a what brought it on? Was it like a particular <laughs> activity or was it? Because, like, okay, so when I was in college, uh, we started a Bible study, right? And yeah. one of the things was, oh, it was, like, leading the Bible study. Yeah, I, yeah, I didn't yeah. realize how much I loved teaching until I was in a position to teach. Mm-hmm. And so, like, leading Bible study, I was like, wow, you know, like, I, this is so out of the ordinary for me because I was pretty introverted. Yeah. And it was like, here I am presenting myself, presenting a topic. It's like in front of a lot of people. It's exciting. It's invigorating. It was exhausting. But I felt like so alive. Yes. Okay. Um, I definitely uh, felt that when, same with teaching before. Yeah. But I'd say, uh, (laughs) uh, I was hanging out with a couple of guys, Neil and Aaron. Yeah. And we were just talking about life before seminary, actually. Mm, mm-hmm. A bunch about life before seminary and just hanging out, having a good time. And it was just like one of those it was times where it was just the three of us. And like there was just like constant laughing and joke, but like at the same time very serious and just like real communion. That was really good mm. that I felt mm-hmm. like I hadn't had in a long time. And so, uh, yeah, that kind of brought it Maybe on. Maybe if you're more of a... Man of community. Yeah, I'm sorry. It's just it's a struggle. It's a struggle to be this ragingly introverted. <laughs> like that was indirectly leveled at me. You're not a raging very introvert. Well, thank you. You're not a raging I, no, introvert. You're. I was you're... actually. 
I was actually thinking today. So oh, we got uh, we got a rolly wheel over the the headphone cord. Um, it's the it's the problems of a very professional studio. <laughs> got oh it. man, he got it like lasso in a kangaroo. Uh, yeah. So I, I do ministry at the hospital, right? And yeah. I keep wondering if, like Justin last week, told our uh, supervisor, who's like a chaplain at the hospital. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that he was an introvert, right? And yeah. that that was something that he was sort of bringing into ministry. Yeah. And I was like, internally, you know, I'm an introvert too, but I don't know if my supervisor is going to believe that. Yeah, I did not believe it till I lived next to you. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, so I've decided to not bring it up. <laughs> <laughs> it hasn't, it hasn't. It hasn't come up yet, so we'll see. Oh, but, man, good. Um, oh, sorry. Yeah, the last time I felt very alive, today, in the hospital. Really? Yeah. You know, actually, that might be for me today, too, at ministry in the nursing home. Hmm. After Monday. But go on, tell yours. Oh, uh, yeah, I got home, and I was, like, just zonked, exhausted. So, hmm. but the time in the hospital, it was just, like, I, yeah, like, so on, just like there, yeah. excited, like, no clue what I was doing. Well, not no clue, but like, you walk into these people's rooms and you have like no clue. Yeah, you don't <laughs> who know you're gonna, gonna encounter like. Yeah. or like what they're gonna be like, and so like, yeah, I was visiting with patients today, and it was just a just so humbling and exciting and like invigorating and I, yeah, I just felt really alive and, uh, there's, there are definitely parts of it <laughs> that I was just like, man, I can't believe I get to do this. You know, like I can't yeah. believe that I, however the Lord has like led my life that I get to be doing this right now, yeah. you know? Yeah. And I think that so. the times when I feel most myself, most alive, I like the way you say that is when I am giving myself. It's mm. almost the things mm. that it's not what you expect because you expect when you do things for yourself, it's yeah. going to be like those things that make mm. you feel alive. That's and that's wrong. A lot of times when you're giving of your, and it's not even necessarily like just in community with other people, but when you're really giving mm. yourself to something yeah. rather than taking from something, then you feel alive. We're made for that relational gift, for that yeah. Trinitarian reflective love yeah. of complete and total constant yeah. gift. So yeah. that makes sense. That, yeah, today in the nursing home, joking with old ladies. Like I was joking with this old lady about like dying and not combing her hair to, yeah. to see God. And like, she was like laughing. And I was like, oh man, me too. Yeah, okay, that's funny. Like, yeah. okay. Man, and it was great. It was great. It felt good yeah. because I felt like I was giving of myself. Yeah. And I was no longer trapped in my little self bubble. It was mm. encountering the other. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Good, good, good answer. Good Thank answer. you. You too. Um, Okay, well, let's pray. Let's pray. We'll, we'll get in. So, yeah, let's get into it. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful, and enkindle in us the fire of your love. Send forth your Spirit, and we shall be created, and you shall renew the face of the earth. O God, who by the light of the Holy Spirit instructs the hearts of his faithful, grant that by that same Holy Spirit we may be truly wise and ever rejoice in his consolations. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. That's a good prayer. Activity in the hallway. But yeah, I, I was wondering. I was like, is it, am I hearing this through the headphones or just through the? Through, it's through. a it's an incredible prayer. I love it. It's actually the collect to a mass. Oh really? I think it's the mass of the Holy Spirit. God, who does instruct the hearts of the faithful? Yeah. Um, That's nice. So, Instructing the hearts of the faithful is good. Our topic tonight actually comes from a listener's question. Yes, the first person to use the email. Thank you, Caitlin. I, I think in part it's because we forget to plug the email. Yeah, constantly. <laughs> I forget it exists. Well, I was so surprised when it came in. I was like, who in the world found that we yeah. actually have an email? So. Yeah, yeah. If somebody would have asked me what's the email, I would have said, it's something about wandering wonders. <laughs> 
Yes. <laughs> yes, it is. So thank you for the question, Caitlin. Yes, Caitlin. Um, tonight we're Great talking about to... trust. trust. So what does it mean to trust in God? Mm. And, well, I guess trust in general, but yep. she was specifically asking about trusting God. Yeah. Um, and it seems that our lives sort of gave context to really talk about this. Definitely. <laughs> so, Very much have to trust God. Um, yeah. So I guess we'll start with, uh, it, it seems like such a leading question, but Eli, when's the last time that you really had to trust God? You know, I haven't such trusted God in a while. <laughs> well, I guess now's the time to tell him. Uh, well, when's the last time I had to trust God? Today, <laughs> um, I am discerning out of seminary. Yeah. Uh, I'm leaving seminary, which Joseph knows, but most of you are probably finding Wait, out right now. Seminary? Right now. Yes, um, and uh, no, I am not leaving for a woman or marriage, and no, I'm not running from the priesthood. Uh, I am leaving because I trust that this is God's will for my life. Um, and that, you know, it's, it's almost like discernment was almost, almost easy this time, but still the trust to say like my entire life was planned out for me Mm. for the rest of my life. And now it's not, and I'm going to have to like have expenses (laughs) and get a job and, uh, and who knows what's going to happen. Uh, but I have no doubt that somehow it's going to happen. Even though I'm worried about it, I trust God that, like, if this is what I'm supposed to be doing, then he will provide. Hmm. Um, so what would you say the last time you really had to sort of trust God was when you entered seminary? Like, is it is Before it only... this? Yeah. <clears throat> no, I'd say there's been a lot of times in between. Oh, I turned down the volume on my headphones. Shoot. Okay, there we are. Uh, there's been a lot of times in between, uh, just throughout seminary, where it's been like, well, okay, am I supposed to stay here? You know, yeah. am I supposed to, you know, leave and marry this particular person? Um, am I, you know, what, what the heck am I doing here? And so there's been a lot of times where you just, you have to say, I don't understand. I don't know the plan. And I think that that's where a lot of people get confused with trust. (laughs) They say, okay, I want to trust God. But what they really mean is, I want to know God's plan well enough that I have nothing to worry about. So that I can trust. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And it's like, no, that is, ooh, not, there's no vulnerability there. There's no gift of self there. Um, That's not real trust. That's just planning ahead. (laughs) That's... uh, that doesn't really work. So yeah, there's been a ton of times in seminary where I had to trust um, that this is where I'm supposed to be. And just kind of another note, uh, I believe I was supposed to be here until now. You know, yeah. I, I don't think I'm. I should have left earlier. I don't think I should have missed the signs. Yeah, or... no, no, no. Like <laughs> I think honestly, I've done a great job of discerning, if I do say so myself. I think you have too. And uh, yeah, so uh, I, I've had to trust God a lot. Yeah. And, yeah. Even in the past, now, looking at saying, I trust that I was supposed to be here. That I was called to be here for this long. Hmm. It's not just a forward-looking thing, even. When? What about you? Would you say the last time you had to really trust was when you entered seminary? No, no, I wouldn't say that at all. Okay, good. Uh, yeah, that'd be awesome. <laughs> yeah, it's been like four years. Since <laughs> I haven't I... had to trust God in forever. I don't need trust. <laughs> um, no, I, I really like what you said about um, where's the vulnerability. Yeah. If, like, the, the trust sort of necessitates vulnerability. Yeah. That's a, I guess I haven't put it in those words before, but I agree. You know, yeah. like... Uh, there's <laughs> trust is, is this sort of like jumping off the ledge and hoping you'll be caught sort of thing. That's the thing that I find very interesting is that it's a, a combination of both control and lack of control. Yeah. You're not completely uh, in control, yeah. but you're also not completely out of control. You still have to jump. Yeah. But you can't actually control that you're going to be caught. So it's like 
you know, we yeah. we very we're very comfortable with control. So like we have some, but we're very comfortable uncomfortable with not knowing. And so we have to use the control that we do have to be vulnerable, to make yeah. that gift. Yeah. That it's not just a complete random like you know, shot in the dark. It's it's faith based on reason. Yeah. You know? Yeah, no, I think the last time uh, honestly, the last time I had to trust was uh, today at a conversation in the hospital where mm. I felt very out of my depth. Mm. And uh, as as I was talking to this patient, I had to say, Mama Mary, like, please. Well, uh, good on you for turning to prayer in the middle of that instead of yeah. yourself. Uh, well, th- that it would have been very poor if I had turned to myself in that conversation. Well, that's, <laughs> yeah, but that doesn't uh, mean you couldn't have. That, that's, that is true. Uh, um, yeah, I felt very inadequate in my ability mm. to, to actually, like, I don't know, not provide care, but like to, I didn't know what to do, you know? Yeah, I was yeah. like, this is something that like, all I can do is, is witness. Like yeah. I can witness with this person Ooh. and be present with this person mm-hmm. and pray. And we did like, we prayed together and, and it was, it was beautiful, you know, Gosh, but like, good. Uh, <laughs> none of that, <clears throat> Like, I, I think there was spiritual success there, but only only through the love of God, and I, and I think because I, it was entrusted to Him. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I think that's interesting that you you give the sort of control versus not control analogy because you really do like you you are the one who jumps off the ledge. Yeah. And sees you don't the have ledge to. and says, you know, like, all right, well. I see that what's on the other side is worth jumping towards. Yeah. And I'm going to jump. Yeah. And this is worth it, you know? And so, mm-hmm. like, in that sense, it was like the ledge was knocking on the door to that patient's room, and I jumped. <laughs> it was like, <laughs> you Lord, please catch me. <laughs> and he did. Because um, he does. And because he does. Not always <laughs> in the way we expect. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, that's been a really big thing for me lately. I don't want this to turn into just a podcast about me talking about oh, yeah, this I mean, whole situation. Big, but it's a big topic. Um, so. But seeing that, like... It's pretty pertinent. Yeah, life, yeah. I mean. But, like, I trusted that I was supposed to be here for, you know, almost four years now. And, uh, you know, I think I was caught. I jumped. I was caught for four years almost. That trust was very much fulfilled. And so it seems like, okay, well, then all you have to keep doing is, is jumping the same direction. Yeah. yeah. And all of a sudden it was like God was like no. And it, okay, it wasn't all, all that all of a sudden. That's a little bit <laughs> misleading. But um it changed <clears throat> from you, you know, jump this way, trust that you're supposed to be here to now <laughs> jump the other way you're you're supposed to leave. And so it's not like okay, once I start trusting God, then it's kind of over. Like you said, it's not Oh, was the last time you trusted was when you entered seminary, made the last yeah. big choice. But it's a very it it's a very personal thing with God at least of like it's not just over and done with till it's over and done with where yeah. I'm trusting not just that I'm called to be a priest but that I'm called to be where I am by God mm-hmm. and therefore when God said no come this way it wasn't like, no, I have to be a priest. Yeah. Although I definitely did feel that way for a little bit. But it was, okay, I've been going towards God this whole time, not yeah. not priesthood. Yeah. Um, yeah, so in a specific sense of <clears throat> trusting God, it has to be trusting God, yeah. not trusting just whatever it is that God is calling you to head towards. Hmm. See what I'm saying? Yes, I, I feel like I could poke some holes in that. Oh, I bet you could. Um, Feel free to or to yeah, move on. Well, I mean, I guess, I guess my. Well, when I think about so, this conversation seems to parallel a lot with like, if we're talking about trusting God, then what's the subtext of that is like discernment. So, what yeah. is what does God's voice sound like, mm. and 
how do I know that like God's will is better than my will mm. kind of thing? I think yeah. that's the the prerequisite for trust there is that God is worth trusting. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, that he will catch you. Yeah. You know? Uh, so, <clears throat> and then I guess the last thing is how does, um, how does that trust work when it's like, when you're in a vocation? So, so what would have, like, what would have happened if you have been following God all this time? I, I like that you said this, Yeah. like, Lord, I've been following you this whole time and where that has led is to seminary. Yeah. And so naturally, like, you know, our primary vocation is, is towards God yeah. and, you know, and then that is sort of focused and, and, and the priesthood and marriage and consecrated single life, that's like focused yeah. and directed. So what would have happened then if you had followed God all this time and then gotten to the priesthood and it felt like God said, yeah, no, like, yeah, you're not actually, well, how does that work? (laughs) Then you have to trust God that like, you know, there's things you don't have to discern. (laughs) If you're a priest, you don't have to discern whether or not you're not supposed to be a priest. If you're, if you're married, you don't have to discern whether or not you're not supposed to be married. You know, like, uh, you have to trust like God. Done. You have yeah. to. That that's the thing is like, you. I, I think you're right. I like that you brought this up because uh, there's things you have to trust God very actively in. Like I was talking about earlier, you have to be heading towards <clears throat> God, jumping towards God. Um, but then you have to, if you do really trust God, you have to trust the things that He's given, such as the church. You know, yeah. you have to tr- the sacraments. Yeah. That like, okay, if I'm trusting God then it has to be bigger than me. Because, you know, my discernment, for example, with discerning out, if I would have gone to my spiritual director and said, this is how I feel, I'm pretty sure I'm doing God's will, and he would have said, that sounds wrong. Mm-hmm. I would have been like, oh, hmm, that hmm, that doesn't, I don't, I no longer know that I can necessarily trust myself. Yeah. And then, you know, I probably would have gone to talk to, you know, the rector, and if he said, no, that sounds wrong and bad, then it would have been like, okay, this isn't, there's a very, very good chance I'm wrong. This is not God calling. Yeah. Yeah. But that's not what's happened. I've gone to them and they've said, okay, this seems like good discernment. Yep. You get, this is good discernment. Yeah. Okay. Go. You're good to go. This, this seems like this is God's will. So it's, that's, trusting God is to be a part of that which God has given you, the the we that God has given you. It's very personal, but it, it's personal in a communal sense also. Personal in a communal sense also. Like we're you're you're <laughs> trusting God as an individual in something much bigger. Yeah. That like you have to trust that God is also working with that that much bigger. And that's not just about you. Cause I mean feelings can so easily just get yeah. mixed up into this and 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 rationality, honestly, you yeah. can like it is not super rational for me to leave. <laughs> uh, but there's something more. Well, it's not irrational for you to leave, though. It's not. No, it's not irrational. But as far as like, I'm thinking more like practical, not necessarily. That's very different. Though. Yeah, yeah, you're yeah. right. You're right. But I'm thinking more. I'm, what I'm going for is more practical, like a rational in a bad sense. Is kind of what I'm saying there. Of like, just thinking, looking very externally at. What are the external objects I can see and figure it out? Yeah, that practically it, it makes no sense for... Yeah, yeah no. Okay. Um, but I think that... that So especially with Caitlin's question, it was what does it look like to trust God? Yeah. Uh, you know, like how do you trust God? And I think... I hope you agree with this. And I actually, I hope you disagree with this because that would be cooler. But <laughs> I think that the biggest thing is is peace. Yeah. Now, the thing is, peace is not a feeling. It it is a feel. There is a feeling peace. Yeah. But I think real peace in true discernment, where you can trust God, is much more than just I feel called like called to this, because yeah. you can feel very much like not called to something and still have peace with it. Really? Yeah. There's something, it goes beyond, you know, 
convenience. It goes beyond emotion. And it goes into just pure relationality with God of like, is he tugging your heart in that direction? And if so, that's what you're made to do. And you will have peace. Hmm. And that is the core of trusting God, I would say. Uh, like, uh, not that's the core of how do you trust God, I would say. As in, is to find that follow peace. Follow the peace. Follow the peace. But that peace, and the, that gets confusing for people when it's, I don't, you know, I'm afraid of this. Yeah. Well, that does not mean you don't have peace with it. Yeah. You know, uh, I, you know, there, I'm angry at this. So that doesn't actually mean you don't have peace. Like, you know, you're married, you're angry at your spouse. Yeah, like that the people sort of conflate being calm about something or yeah. tranquility yeah. with peace. Yeah. So then I would like to know, what would you say peace really is? Hmm. That is hard. Wow. Um. <laughs> How do you experience the peace that you know you're supposed to stay in seminary? Yeah. Wow, that's a hard question. Okay. So I think that's part of the answer. That that's that's really, a hard It's question. a really hard question to answer. Yeah, because it's... I, oh, man. I think there's... I think there's a, a good reason why we've um, waited so long to do a topic like this, you know? Yeah. Uh, in part because, like, discernment is so incredibly personal. Yes. Um, because the way that like the way that the Lord speaks to you is the way that the Lord speaks to you. Yeah. You know? um, so when I think about peace, the first thing I think of is Father Jacques Philippe mm. and his book Searching for and Maintaining Peace. Highly uh, recommend for everybody. Yes. Which it's was super a, short. Yes. Incredible, one of the best spiritual books I've ever read. I'll be honest, my mom gave it to me. And I think I waited like two years to read it yeah. solely based off the fact that the book was pink. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, I'm not going to read a pink oh, book. So good. It's going to be cheesy and bad. No, it's not. Um, so good. But that book changed my life. It yeah. really did. Um, yeah. That book showed me that I had heard God's voice way more than I had ever given him credit for. Mm. And what that was, in, at least in me, is that, uh, I'm a very stubborn person. I yeah. don't know if you knew that. About me. <laughs> what? <laughs> I'm a very stubborn person. Um, I'm also a work in progress. So wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> so when I find that I have a conclusion that is suddenly the total opposite, or I have a conclusion that I suddenly like see totally differently, and that's like inexplicable to me yeah. that that thought has sort of come into my mind and that now I'm like willing to compromise or change my mind or like really like engage with something in a totally different way. Like that didn't come from me Yeah, because I wrestle with things internally. Yeah. And so when that happens, there's this like, where, like, where did that come from? And like, what do I do with this? And why, why, do I feel so differently about this? And why am I okay with that? Yeah. Like, why am I, why is my response to that so different <laughs> yeah. than it typically is? And so that I've come to recognize is that's God, like, yeah. challenging me. When it comes to, like, staying in seminary, it's the consistency of, I was talking to Justin about this today. It's like, Everything that frustrates me, like about being in seminary or formation or just like the 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 struggle of yeah. being constantly formed, you yeah. know, uh pales in comparison to the like my imagination, my creativity, my daydreams are like wrapped up in the priesthood. Yeah. And when I think about anything uh, outside of that, like working, like finding a job that's not in ministry, yeah. when I think about like, even when I think about marriage now, and this is 
like that's kind of a new thing. Yeah. Um, not thinking about marriage, but this conclusion with <laughs> with marriage. What is, is marriage? I don't feel satisfied by it. Like mm. it feels like a daydream. Yeah, 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 yeah. Now, yeah, yeah. when I think about like the priesthood and a parish, it's a daydream, but it feels like something that could be enacted, right? Like it feels you already as have my, a grasp of it. Like it, it's almost real already. Like yeah. I feel directed towards it. Yeah, yeah. Um, directed. Yeah, I would say that I feel directed towards it. Yeah, and that there's like this almost like longing for me to actualize that. Yeah. Um, and it's so weird now. Cause like when I think about, when I think about a job or like, you know, I was a coder before I came in and a, a programmer. And so I was like, you know, like I could, sometimes you'll have these days. I was like, I could leave seminary. I could find a job. I, I know I could get a job. I yeah. could program. And like, and so you go into this daydream and it's like, okay, I could program. And what would that look like? And as I think about it, it's just like, it's a daydream. Like it's, that's a fantasy yeah. for me. Um, and I can't explain why that is because there are days where I wish it was not a fantasy, the, where, where I wish it was where I was directing myself. Mm. Um, but it's not. And like, and I'm okay with that. And yeah. that's the piece, like, yeah. because it's inexplicable to me that like, that's how my interior is formed now. So yeah, I, I, I like, very I like answer. It, <laughs> good. Cause everything you said was good. Um, I really, first of all, uh, you were talking about like, uh, just the personalness of it and you know better now what God's voice sound like. You, you read Jacques Philippe and you know, like, okay, I miss Ooh, a lot. Can I interrupt you for a second? Yeah, here? I know my thought. Um, what fascinates me about reading that book is that God's voice became clearer to me. Like it was, it was like this domino effect. Like I read, I read the book and I was like, okay, so this is what God's voice sounds like. And this is what peace looks like. How have I experienced that in my life? And it was like, <laughs> like yeah. go back in time. How have I like felt this in my heart? Domino, 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 domino. <laughs> and all these like moments started to line up and I could say, okay, that was God's voice and that was God's voice. And okay, so now I'm starting to like get this almost like a connect the dots picture of yep. this is what God kind of sounds like to me. And, and as it's like a, as I've gotten further and further connecting the dots, the picture of who I am, but also like what God's voice sounds like has gotten so much clearer, you know? Yeah. Um, but it's not as though like I, you wake up and you're like, okay, this is God's voice and here we go. <laughs> yeah, and that's the thing is so. that you have to come to know God's voice. Yeah. You know, like you can't you can't just like all of a sudden one day after having no prayer life, no relationship with God, just say, Okay, well, I'm gonna discern, oh, I feel called this, but like no no no. It's it is primarily not about what do I have to do, but who do I need to know? You need to know God. Yeah. So that you can hear his voice and know what it sounds like, because it doesn't sound like other people's voice. You know, it doesn't doesn't sound like words come into your ears, and you know, it, sometimes every once in a while. But for the most part, it's something unnameable, yeah. and that's the thing that's become so clear to me. Mm. Is you know, like there's been a lot of times yeah. that I've thought oh, I, I want to leave seminary, and then this time. I instantly knew it was different, and I didn't know why. Yeah, it was like as soon as as I started think, wait, maybe maybe I should. It was like, I, honestly, part of me knew, yeah, this is real, but I didn't trust myself. But, yeah. you know, which is probably good. You know, yeah. you don't just go on a whim <laughs> like that. But uh, but I I I realized that. I could see clearly from being a man of prayer for four years, from being a man actively discerning, trying to figure out God's will for my life every day, not just am I going to be a priest, but like, yeah. what do you want me to do today? What are yeah. the little things you're leading me to? Because God cares about all of it. That there is this unnameable thing that it, it's like, I was trying to describe it to my family. I said, it's like if, I, if, I, if you were in love with somebody, and I asked you, why are you in love with that person? Yeah. You could put words all around it. Yeah. You, you could say all sorts of things why, 
But you, you would know that that actually wasn't it. Yeah. That there's something. Yeah. And all it is is I do. Yeah. I, I do love them. I love this it person. It just is. Yeah. It just is. And that is what that peace really is. It's like that intimate relationship with God that, like, you know, I I felt that for four years calling me to be in yeah. seminary. And I knew it. And every time I thought, oh, I want to leave, there was that inner peace that was, it was God tugging on my heart saying, no, this way. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And it, and it wasn't, you know, I couldn't have pointed to it. I couldn't have put words to it. It was just, I just know. I, yeah. I, I know because I know God. And then when it changed, I, I was like, all right, I know. I have, I have to be able to trust myself that I do know this peace. I do yeah. know God in this. Um, and it was really good. I talked to a guy who discerned out last semester, and he said, you ha- you've been a man of prayer. You, you know the Holy Spirit. You've discerned. You have to be able to trust yourself. Yeah. And as soon as he said that is when I really thought, okay, I'm leaving. Yeah. Because I, 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 no matter how much I try and tell myself this doesn't make any sense, that this can't be right, that I have to be making this up, there's something unnameable there yeah. that is, that is just nothing but love yeah. that is pulling me in a direction. And I think every seminarian who's been here for a while, who's genuinely called to the priesthood, absolutely understands that. Yeah. Yeah. And it's awesome. And like that, how do you trust God? What does it look like to trust God to know him well enough to be able to act on that? Mm, Because you know, like, this is real. This is God. I trust God. And and he's not going to just shove you into things. He's not going to give you the whole plan. He's going to be this tug that is nothing but just love, this relationship. And you have to trust him enough to act on it. You have that control to jump. Yeah, and that's what it looks like to really trust. Yeah, God. I like that you bring up the uh, the personal voice aspect of it, like because uh, I know when I was when I started to pray, like one of the things I had was like, okay, I'm praying. How do I know what God's voice sounds like? Because mm. it all sounds like my voice. Yeah, you know, um, and <laughs> yeah, I love that. You know, there, there truly is like a development of coming yeah. to listen. Like, like one of the, the overarching themes of the Bible is like, you have to have ears to hear. Yeah. Um, which means that you have to listen. Mm-hmm. And you can't just like, like there's a process to learn someone's voice and their mannerisms and their delivery and their, you know, like, <laughs> Their humor and their, you know, all of that. And, and there's a process, the same, the same process, like apply. If, if we talk about how Jesus Christ is God incarnate, that he's a a person. Yeah. Then that means he has a personal voice that we have to like learn to listen for. Um, which means that we have to tune our ears to listen to them. Yeah. And it means that there's a process where we like mistake his voice or fail to understand or don't get the message, you know, like, yeah. but with practice, you know, yeah, yeah definitely anyway, practice. So, I, uh, yesterday, I think it was yesterday, maybe it wasn't in the yeah. last couple of days after I've been leaving, I sat down in the chapel in my usual spot mm-hmm. and somebody like the guys came and sat next to me. And at some point somebody walked, into the row behind me. I, w- I hadn't looked up at all. I think I was praying my breviary. Hadn't looked at all. Somebody walked up and sat down in the chair behind me. And I like smiled and instantly I, I was like, that's Joseph. <laughs> I know by the way his footsteps sound. I know by the way his pants sound. Yeah. Like uh, uh, he, is, he has sat behind me so many times that I, I know without, like there was there was no even like Joseph sounds that like came out of your mouth. Yeah. It was <laughs> it was just like these very so and I was like, that's oh. Joseph. And I thought, that is a good friend right there. Mm. But uh and that's that's what it's like. Like you have to how do you trust God? Like you said, it's a process of coming to know God's voice. And you, you have to listen. Uh, you have to tune yourself to it. So I have to imagine 
that Caitlin at this point is now probably saying, okay, but how do I, how do, I do that if I don't know what he sounds like right now? I don't question. actually know that, Caitlin, but, you know, I'm going to put words in your mouth. Yeah, <laughs> she's, a, she's a good Holy Catholic lady, yeah. I would say. So, um, yeah, so how do you do that? Is that yeah, it's like, how, how, do I, how do I figure out what God's voice sounds like if I've never heard his voice? Okay, I would say, first of all, we cannot tell you. <laughs> like, we can we cannot necessarily teach you. We can tell you all sorts of things, but it, it's going to be personal. Uh, so you, ha- you, have to, you have to figure it out. The second thing I would say, though, is you do know. Hmm. You, you know God's voice. And really the biggest thing getting in the way is you. It's thinking that you don't know God's voice. Like we, we have to be able to trust ourselves that like God has made us to hear him. Now, we've done all sorts of things to get in, that, get in the way. But if we're living a holy life, we're living a life filled with the sacraments, with prayer. I'm not saying like, you know, all you do is praying, do the sacraments. But like you're a working person who is intentionally trying to know the will of God and is praying about it. It's not just going to happen all of a sudden. Yeah. You have to trust that you you are hearing his voice. Yeah. You, you are being guided. And the next thing you probably have to do is to act on what you already know you have to do. Like, because uh, I, I bet if 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 everybody who's really intentionally discerning and doing that well were to sit down and say, sit down in a chapel or an adoration or something, and say, "All right, God, what is it that you're calling me to do?" Yeah, and then genuinely be brutally honest with themselves and say, "This is what I'm pretty sure you're calling me to do." Ninety-eight percent of the time, they'd be right. If they're willing to be honest with themselves and they're being intentional and they're, they're, they're trusting their, their genuine prayer, they'd be right. So it's fear that's crippling us. Yeah. It's not the lack of God's voice. It's fear that we're not hearing God's voice. Yeah, I think I would say two things to that. Uh, the first is God's not playing hide and seek with you. Yeah. Like it's not, like he's not trying to, pop out of the corners and say, yeah, yeah. oh, gotcha, you know, actually, yeah. this is this is what I've been saying the whole time, yeah. you know. Um, like, yeah, just like you said, like, he is, he is truly trying to find yeah. a way to speak to you and has been speaking to you, yeah. if only you have the ears to listen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the second thing is uh, we can tell you what God's voice doesn't sound like. Mm-hmm. It doesn't sound, it does not sound like fear. Yeah. It does not sound like an accuser. Yeah. It does not sound like uh, you're worthless. Yeah. You can't do this. Yeah. You're not capable. You're not good enough. Mm. You're not, you're not, you're not. You know, like, it doesn't sound like that. No. And that's, that was the thing that amazed me in Father Jacques Philippe's book, is that I found in my prayer the ability to distinguish between my fears uh and the tempter's sort of voice yeah um and god's voice because god's voice wasn't the one that said uh wasn't the one that made all the fear go away but it was the one that said you can do this like yeah this gave is you going peace to be in the hard fear. yeah like and it was it was like a super it was beyond my rationality it was beyond my ability mm-hmm. to comprehend mm-hmm. that it was like okay you know joseph the priesthood like this sudden out of nowhere desire for the priesthood is going to hit you and it's going to be like where did this come from and then it's like man i can't be a priest and then it's like wow what if god's calling me to be a priest like what would that look like and yeah. so it was this like development not of like because there was on one side this you can't be a priest. There's not who can yeah. who, no one can be a priest. Yeah. What what are you doing? Like you want to be a priest? Yeah. And how, yeah, it it reminds me of the gospel of like what what good father would give a a child who asked for bread a snake, yeah. you know. Yeah. And you know, if we believe Jesus to be the way, the truth, and the life, then we like we have to take him at his word. And yeah, that's that's I, I like that you brought the devil into it because uh, 
like my brother, I was talking to him about this, and he said, this just doesn't seem right. Are you sure this isn't the devil? Yeah. And I said, yeah, I know the devil. Yeah. And this isn't what he sounds like. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I think that St. Ignatius' discernment of spirits is mm-hmm. we don't just have to know God's voice. We have to know the devil's voice so we can yeah. distinguish between the two, the good spirit and the bad spirit. So that, that's important to know. What does the evil one sound like? Uh, yeah, doubt, fear, uh, sin you like but even that like learning learning god's voice is actually like learning your voice that ooh i like that that was yeah to how do we trust god we have to trust ourselves we we have to trust that when you're praying and it sounds like you said something sometimes it is you saying something yeah but when it you can't explain. You can't. There's times when it sounds like you saying something, but you know it's not you. You know it's God because God is working through yeah. you. I mean, it's where did um, this desire come from? Where did this yeah. like? Why am I okay with this? Yeah. Why is like? Where did this come from? Yeah. yeah. And and the only way you can ask that question is if it if if that can shock you, right? Yeah. Like if. If there's I don't think a you dialogue, have to be shocked to be doing the will of God. No, 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 no. But I wouldn't say that. But like, but that's a that's that is a situation that is pretty good, pretty good chance that that's God. Yeah, that. no, no, yeah. no. That's that's a that's a good yeah. point. That's a good point. I don't think you have to be shocked. No, because I mean, like in seminary, you're not yeah. shocked that you're okay. I have to stay here. Yeah. Um, well, the the, the other thing I would say, well, I think this is actually very important. People get too caught up in discerning their vocation. Yeah. Uh, well, they're, they're smaller vocations. Sometimes God's voice is silence. And that is not God ignoring you. That is God telling you you're asking the wrong question. You know, like, if you're just sitting there saying, okay, God, who am I going to marry? What, what, or what religious order am I going to join? Like, mm. and, there, and you don't have, and you're like, wait, I don't have this piece. I don't know. Like we said, you know, if you sat down and said, what am I supposed to do? You just know. Well, that piece may come in. That's not the right question. What is God asking me? And usually it's going to be, how, how are you supposed to grow in loving me? You know, how are you going to get closer to me? And that will probably end up leading you to, to a vocation. But when we get so caught up in asking questions and expecting God to answer... We forget that sometimes he says, that's, that's not what you need right now. I have found in my own life, I don't, I imagine you'll echo this, but that when I find silence and prayer from God, that usually it's because the question I'm asking is one that includes me getting to hold on to something that I'm not willing to let go of. Yeah, it's something you know the answer to. <laughs> well, it's like... So I, I remember being like a teenager and asking, who am I supposed to marry? Yeah. But the implication of that was that I was supposed to get married. Yeah. And so I wasn't asking that question yeah. because I didn't want the answer to that question. Yeah, yeah. Uh yeah, I didn't want the answer to that question. I wanted the answer to my question. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I think the the silence I got, I decided to make up an answer, right? Yeah. Um, when in reality it was, a Joseph, maybe you should ask a different question. Um, yeah, and I think that that's also why it's so important. Like earlier we were talking about, you're discerning God and God's voice, not priesthood. The question is, okay, God, where are you? What is, what is the the depth that you're calling me into? What is, not what vocation am I supposed to do, God? Yeah. I know I have a vocation, so yeah. what I mean, but like, it, it, and I know I brought this up when we talked about something discernment or something sometime before, but like Jesus, when Peter walks on the water, Jesus is in the middle of a storm. It's going crazy. They think they're gonna die. These are men who have been on boats their whole life. They think they're gonna die. Yeah. Uh, so like it's gotta be loud. The wind's blowing, the waves are crashing. And Peter says, Lord, if it is truly you, tell me to come to you. And all Jesus says is one word. He says, Come. Hmm. And like that that is what we are discerning. Is where is that word coming from? Come. You're like, 
in the midst of the storm, where is Jesus calling us? And we keep looking at Jesus. If we look at our feet and say, okay, uh, uh, it's about priesthood, we sink. You know, but as soon as Peter takes his eyes off Jesus, he sinks. You know, okay, I'm going to get married. I can look down and they're like, no, 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 no. This has always got to be that journey towards Jesus, whispering a, a whisper that is louder than a storm hmm. that just echoes through our entire lives, that's never left us, that's always been there and always will be there, that is saying, come. It's going to go different directions. It's unexpected. But yeah, that, so what does it look like to trust God? To listen for that, that come, and to go towards it. There has to be a going out. We can't just wait till we're comfortable. We have to follow that. We have to step out onto the water. You know, like yeah. we we've heard that so many times that we don't yeah. think about it. Like we step out on the water, step out of the boat. But like we have to be willing to drown and die because we trust that there is something greater. Yeah. And yeah, that's that's what it looks like to trust God. I think. I think that's a it's a good good one to end on. Yep. So. so find your peace. Listen for the silence. Trust yourself. Pray. And uh, know of our prayers for you. Yes. And yeah. this may this is the last in person wandering wanders ever, most likely. Well, well, I guess uh, we could someday meet up what, and. What, what are we not going to be friends? Okay, anymore? no, I mean, like, obviously not. On, uh, <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. Uh, I like the drama, and you know it. Wow, that's. This is the last. I'm leaving this next week. This is the week. last okay. planned <laughs> in-person wondering. Let's wonders. just say this: I'm leaving next week, and we don't know what's going to happen with this podcast. We don't. Yeah. We're we're we are thinking about trying to do it from a distance, but we don't know if it's going to work, so we can't promise you that. But it has been a wonderful ride. Truly. And this has been one of the greatest parts of seminary for me. (laughs) Amen. And thank you, everybody, who's loved us and supported us way more than we ever expected. Uh, (laughs) We had no intention of people listening to this. uh, It was like, yeah, this was totally a pipe dream. So (laughs) So, thank you for spending a ridiculous amount of time. (laughs) Or a little. Who knows what else. Well, I mean, like... This is somebody's first episode, and they're like, wow, what just happened? <laughs> Even still, that means they listen to like an hour of us yeah, just like talking. You yeah. Know, so. Oh, um, gosh. But yeah. Yeah. So thank you for thank you for listening. Thank you for being a part of our lives. And, yeah. Um, seriously, now of our prayers for you. Absolutely. So. so may all of your wondering wanders be blessed. God bless. Mm-hmm.